After a long hiatus, welcome back to McKenna's NHL Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle McKenna, and it's been a while. Um, In fact, it's almost been a year, but uh, don't worry. This hockey analyst has gone nowhere. I've I've been doing a little more writing, a little more on social media, but anywho, I'm back to podcasting by popular demand, and by popular demand, I mean about five people are asking, dude, what happened to your podcast? And for a guy like me, if five people are asking, that's a popular demand. That's a good percentage for a guy who probably only has about 70 followers on SoundCloud. Um, So I appreciate uh, all the support to everyone who's been reading my articles, sharing my articles, tweeting at me. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. And also, if you didn't see, a couple of my Twitter questions were featured on the NHL Network this past Monday. So a big shout out to the guys at the NHL Network, EJ Raddick, Steve Mears and company, Kevin Weeks, Jameson Coyle, great guys. You know, I appreciate them always taking the time to answer some of my questions that I have for them and uh, the fact that I was able to start a conversation uh, on the NHL Network through social media. I mean, who would have ever imagined that someone would be able to do that, um, you know, years ago, but here we are, 2017. So for this edition of McKenna's NHL Podcast, I'm going to answer some Twitter questions and just briefly go over my picks for the Stanley Cup playoffs because one of my teams from the Western Conference Final, or one of my teams who I had originally chosen to reach the Western Conference Final, was the first team eliminated. But anyway, let's let's take uh, to Twitter. I have Zach Flaherty at ZachCab. He wants to know, who do I think is the frontrunner for Coach of the Year? And before I get into that, let me just say, Zach also has his own sports podcast. You should follow him on Twitter. You can take part in his podcast. I did yesterday. We talked hockey for almost a good solid 15 minutes, so I appreciate that, Zach. And But who would I say is a frontrunner for the Coach of the Year? I mean, I think we're all thinking it, right? Right? It's got to be John Tortorella. I mean, the turnaround, what Columbus has done this year from last year, um, it is. It's just it's it's textbook night and day. This was a team that finished, what, last place in the Eastern Conference last year, and when they finished this season with over 100 points, they were in the top of the standings for the NHL, the league overall. They were one of the best teams, if not the best team, for majority of the season. And then, of course, Washington, Chicago, and Pittsburgh, they all got hot. So Columbus still, they finished third place in the Metropolitan Division, but compared to other divisions, they would have easily, hands down, been the clear-cut winner of other divisions around the NHL. So I'm going John Tortorella on this one. And especially, I think we all kind of forget, it's not just about the, the turnaround in Columbus, but how about, remember the World Cup? When Team USA didn't win a game and was completely embarrassed. It was an embarrassment for USA Hockey. And people were wondering, well, John Tortorella, he got let go of in Vancouver. He was doing TV for a little while. He gets back in the game. Well, he came across a struggling Columbus team. We'll see what happens. And then the next stage was the epic fail by USA Hockey this past summer at the World Cup. So, I mean, if you want to talk about speculation about the you know Tortorella and the, potentially the rest of his coaching career on the line, yeah. And this guy rose to the occasion. He probably has changed. Um, you know, people change over time, whether you're a professional athlete or not. I'm sure he's changed some of his coaching approaches he's had to adopt similar to a guy like Yammer Yager you wonder why this guy's still playing at the age of 45 it's because he's adopted his game to you know to fit um the variables and what's at stake 
So I'm sure Tortorella has done the same thing, and I think he's more than deserving for Coach of the Year. Um, other people who will be in that same category are potentially Peter LaViolette, John Cooper in Tampa. I mean, look, all the injuries Tampa had, um, it's amazing that they just fell short you know, of the Stanley Cup playoffs, missing Stamkos, missing Callahan, having to trade Brian Boyle, having to trade Ben Bishop. And the goaltending wasn't even playing that well until, until the end of the season. Uh, finally, when Andre Vasilevsky was given the reins. But either way, I'm going with John Tortorella. And our next question is from Jeffrey Folker. He's at FarmerJohn22. He would like to know, do you feel the Maple Leafs have already succeeded this playoff year in stealing two games from the Capitals? Absolutely. I think if they won one game, it would have been like, hey, like Toronto would have been you know, ecstatic um, after the hardship they've kind of had for the past three seasons and I think most people um I was tweeting this out earlier if you didn't hear head coach of the Buffalo Sabres Dan Bilesma and their general manager Tim Murray were both relieved of their duties and I think that by the Sabres ownership and I think that's in large part because the Maple Leafs made the playoffs and the Sabres didn't because the Sabres are technically supposed to be ahead of the Maple Leafs in this quote-unquote rebuilding phase and they, I mean, they just didn't even come close to the playoffs. I know Jack Eichel was injured. They had some other injuries, especially between the pipes with Robin Leonard. But still, something's got to give. I had a feeling Bilesma was going to be on a short leash. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Um, yes, I mean, look, the Leafs won two games against the Capitals. And you know the Capitals are nervous. It's, it's in their head. But um, I do think the Capitals are still going to win this series in six. I picked them to win in six. I'm not surprised by the fact that one or two of these games have gone to overtime, but the fact that more than the, I think, what has it been, three games have gone to overtime, that's a little surprising. So really a bright future have with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and kudos to the former general manager of the New Jersey Devils, Lou Lamarillo, team president Brandon Shanahan, Mike Babcock and company. They're all doing a fantastic job there. Um, the next question is from Mark, Cit- Mark Citron. He would like to know, is this the year the Caps get out of the East? Well, for starters, let me go over my bracket real fast because I said I would. In the East, I have Montreal and Washington meeting in the West in the Eastern Conference Finals. I had Montreal beating the Rangers in six. I had Ottawa beating Boston in five, which could happen within these next coming nights. I had Washington beating Toronto in six. And then I actually had Columbus beating Pittsburgh in six, which is not going to happen because Pittsburgh is up in the series three games to one. I'm not going to say Columbus isn't going to win, but it would have to be in seven games. In the West, I had Minnesota and Calgary in the Western Conference Finals. And I was saying yesterday on Zach Flaherty's podcast, I'm embarrassed that I even picked Minnesota because that's how that's how shocking it is that they're down 3-0 to a, a St. Louis team that not a lot of people picked to, to make it out of the first round. And right now, St. Louis is, is looking pretty darn good, and they might give a team like Nashville or Anaheim a run for their money or San Jose to, to finally make it not only to the Stanley Cup Finals, but hey, maybe win the first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Um, so my preseason pick was the St. Louis Blues and the Washington Capitals reaching the Stanley Cup Finals, and I had Washington winning. So I stuck with it on the Washington side of things, Mark. I picked Washington to win this year, and then I made the mistake of picking Minnesota come playoff time to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I do not believe that's going to happen. So, uh, and why do I think this is the year for Washington? Well, it was interesting. I was reading an article from the Hockey News the other day, and they were basically explaining that, look, there's only been what, four teams since 2010 who have won the Stanley Cup. 
It's the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's the Boston Bruins, the Los Angeles Kings, and the Chicago Blackhawks. If you evaluate all of those teams and the not only the formula in which the front office has has taken to to build these teams into a cup caliber team uh, clubs, the Capitals actually entail all the necessities combined from them from those teams. They're deep. They're deep in in the crease. They have one of the best goaltenders. Uh, they have size. They have speed. They have the playmakers. They have the superstars. So they kind of bring a little bit of everything to the table this year. Where in years past they might have been a little too one dimensional. You know, if it wasn't Alex Ovechkin scoring, well, the defense was playing well, but there was no offense, so they lost. If it wasn't that, then they didn't have a veteran goalie or you know a stud goalie like a Brandon Holpe who may have I don't want to use the word ruined, but ruin their chances to maybe move past a, a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins in the second round. So this year I look at it, I always like to say you got to have superstars on your team. I know EJ Raddick would agree with me and you need to have that eye formation. You got to have that stud center. You got to have that stud defenseman like a PK Subban, a John Carlson, a Kevin Shattenkirk. Then you need the last man in the eye formation, which is goalie. You need a Braden Holtby. You need a Marc-Andre Fleury. You need a Corey Crawford. You need a Jonathan Quick. So you know, some hockey fans out here, out there, you may recognize a lot of those names as well because most of them have won a Stanley Cup and are on those teams uh, like the Blackhawks, the Penguins, etc., who have only won the Stanley Cup since 2010. So this year is different because of the intangibles they have, and they improved from last year. They won the President's Trophy two years in a row, and they got better. Most teams who have success for uh, a 10-year period of time – like the Capitals, like the Blackhawks, the Kings. You're seeing it with Los Angeles right now, though. They'll, they'll go through a phase where they're probably going to have to take a step back or they'll lose players in the process because once you win, everyone on that roster is going to get paid eventually and move around. Um, that hasn't happened with Washington. They've done a really good job at locking players up, keeping that team intact, and then improving. They invested a lot of money on their blue line within the last two seasons and like I just mentioned before, I mean, picking up Kevin Shattenkirk at the trade deadline was just—it was just a necessity. It was—it had to be done because Washington has to go all in this year, and they did, and they are. So I think Washington finally reaches the Stanley Cup, and I think they win. And I—and I know the Toronto Maple Leafs look have given the Capitals a big scare here. You know, the series is tied at two. Game five is tonight back in Washington. They've had three overtime games. Um, and even when it looks like the Capitals are dominating, which they did in Toronto to start both games uh, this past week, you know, they'll go up 3 nothing. they'll go up 4-1. to one. The Maple Leafs have just been resilient, and what they're doing is you got to give credit to them. Give credit where it's due. I don't think it has anything, I don't think it has to do as much with the Capitals as it does with the Maple Leafs, where in years past, I think we could point the finger at the Capitals and be like, hey, look, you know, they retired, they, the, the coaching staff did something wrong. It's more so on them. This year, I mean, give a lot of credit to this Toronto team. So I think the Capitals have a bit of a scare here in the first round, but I think this is going to make them stronger. So when they go up against Pittsburgh next round, don't be surprised if that's a short series and Washington comes out. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's how it works sometimes in the playoffs. Sometimes you just need to survive. And the fact that Washington is, is doing that in the first round but is still putting pucks in the net. Ovechkin's still scoring. That's key and that's crucial. I think that's a sign of hope for the Capitals finally. So I think they're going to play Montreal in the Eastern Conference Finals. And hey, if they don't play Montreal, it could be the Rangers or it could be the Ottawa Senators. And I still like their chances. Even if the Rangers do make it that far, 
Um, don't hate on me, Rangers fans, but like this, you just know, but it, just as well as I do, this is not their year. This is not the same team. So they should have an interesting offseason. Um, but thanks again to everyone who's listening. If you'd like to have one of your questions uh, featured on this podcast and answered, you can always follow me on Twitter at McKenna underscore TLT5. And just be sure to use the hashtag McKenna's Digest, and I'll be sure to answer your question. I'm also on Facebook, McKenna NHL, and Instagram, and all that other good stuff as well. So thank you again to everyone for the support. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this weekend's playoff games.